Welcome to the Crying in My Cheesecake podcast. I am Danielle, your host here, and today's episode is um, a little bit more raw, a little bit more controversial, and it may cause you to think differently about me and my beliefs, and it may cause you to not want to listen anymore, and that is okay. So I'm giving you permission to to say, ooh, this is different, this is weird, this is a little more, I haven't seen or listened to this side of Danielle before, and that's okay. I do urge you to listen, um, at least with, with open ears and an open heart. And I do ask you to also not just listen with that way, but also if it's too much, push pause, push pause and come back. Okay. I saw the devil this weekend. The thing about the devil is that we are told that he prowls around like a lion waiting to pounce. And I'm not sure if you've watched much National Geographic or Wild Planet or any of those shows where they show lions out in the wild, where you see that circle of life. I mean, many of us in the 90s who grew up in the 90s were introduced to the circle of life in a little movie called The Lion King. But if you haven't seen any of those shows, you can just think about the last time you've been to the zoo. Or you can think about the last time you've seen a lion walk. At the zoo, you will see lions just rhythmically pacing in their cage or whatever you want to call it. You will see that there is a rhythmic, almost um, cathartic way that their feet pick up off the ground and perfectly plant in the next spot. You will see that everything about that lion is, is always waiting, always looking, always paying attention, knows his surroundings, pays attention for a sound, a visual, an opening. It takes but a split second For the lion to pounce. And before the prey can even realize what's going on, the prey's already been attacked. Either dead, bruised if they can get away. But either way, things are changed forever after that attack. Nothing is ever the same. You know a person by his his or her actions. You know what he or she is because of what he or she does and says. Am I right? That's how we gauge a person's character. That's how we understand in relationships. And it's so easy to gossip about the people who profess profess certain values. And then you realize that their life, the way that they live their life does not match up to what they say they believe. It's important to think about this for a few moments. I truly believe we are in end times. I do. I believe that the division, the chaos, the unknown we experienced in 2020 is just the beginning. If you're a listener in the United States, I don't know about you, but I've always felt this trust, this security. I've never actually really feared for my life um, the way other people in other countries might. I haven't worried about bombings. Sure, there have been some. I'm not really worried about attacks. Yes, I've been alive when there are some. I knew that my flag flew high and always waved to the dawn's early light. I knew that the people in my childhood who served to protect my country, its values, and thus me. I grew up in politics, where I saw two parties and sometimes that weird libertarian or that third, just kidding, by the way. It was definitely different at the times that libertarians were like thought of, oh, well, you don't, whatever. Anyway, all that to say is I grew up when I saw the two parties and that third libertarian have nearly the same values nearly the same values. The difference was they went about it in a different way. They went about the same, like um, supporting the same values in a different way. It was easy to disagree on 
the the um, inner workings of things, but agree on an outcome. And that's what I want to get across here, the outcome. There are very few in our current American culture that are thinking about outcomes. They are thinking about the instant gratification, the instant satisfaction, the instant results and actions that can be made. They're not even concerned with 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, etc., or even tomorrow. Decisions are being made where there's no thought of, well, what is this going to do in 10 years down the road? No, we'll just worry about it when that comes. All the planning and strategy is not available to the public anymore. Instead, we're just, uh, just to follow and do what, quote unquote, they say because it's best for us. Now, imagine how hard this is to even bring this up and discuss because I am a woman who grew up around prominent men in the community, a woman whose father is a retired police officer who is still well-respected in the community, a woman whose husband is a retired veteran of the Air Force and still supporting the warfighter, a woman, I am the woman who grew up in the nitty-gritty of politics and has seen the political realm change and polarize right in front of my eyes. I am a woman who doesn't even understand how the elected officials we could once trust are now the people who are trying to literally control us, our thoughts, our next moves, our ability to live in the freedoms our grandfathers and fathers and husbands and children fought for. Freedom. The freedom to choose in our country is going away. And once something is taken, it is usually not given back. Security. You see, the thing is, with the devil... Yes, the devil. This is a name that many progressive Christians won't even use. They don't even talk about sin as sin or call sin as sin. They just kind of talk about our truth. Essentially taking this idea of right and wrong being your truth, not a moral standard in which we live by. Hello, we have moral standards for a reason. This idea of living by our truth or your truth or my truth, it creates an insecurity and an unsureness, a self-love. A love of self wins versus love of what is right and who is actually right and who is just. There's only one. The devil creates division. Division is the best way to attack someone in your marriages, in your family, friendships, any kind of relationships, work, all of that. Nothing's changed under the sun. He's always creating division. He pitted um, Adam or Eve against Adam. He pitted humanity against God. He's always trying to divide. And who do you think the devil comes after first? Who do you think he typically comes after first? It's those who are newly baptized believers. Why? How do I know this? Because as soon as Jesus was baptized himself and the the clouds opened up and God said, this is my son with whom I'm proud declaring that Jesus is the Messiah. Guess who tempted him next? Guess who showed his faith? You see, the devil exposes people's real issues and who they really are. When Jesus was in the desert, being, he was tempted over and over and over again by the devil. He showed his, Jesus showed his real, true colors. And you know what those were? He had scripture. He showed us how to handle this. He used scripture. Uh, the devil tried to um, twist scripture and said, well, didn't God say? Well, no, God actually said this. And while we have all of this going on, there's so many temptations, I want you to think about in yourself that the devil exposes who people really are when we encounter him. He also amplifies our weaknesses. And what happens is, is if we are not secure and deep in our roots of who we are and and how to live in Christ and live in that peace, live in the fruits of the spirit, we are totally going to have these weaknesses exposed. 
We are going to show our insecurity in some fashion. We could start fights. We could start blaming and comparing. Comparison, oh, that just comparing someone else's success to to your own success, comparing her looks and the way that she does life or the way that he does this. Insecurity is rampant. Codependency. Codependency is usually, and in the past, I want to bring to light so many times, and I'm going to repeat myself, but codependency does not necessarily mean you're married to an addict or you come from an addicted household. It could simply mean that you were told not to rock the boat, to keep your mouth shut, to not accept and acknowledge your emotions, and and nothing that you brought to the table was of value and your emotional state was not safe. Those are things that can be a person who's codependent. But he's going to, the devil's going to amplify that. He's going to amplify addictions. He's going to amplify the, your ability or your inability to stop being a pansy. And yes, I just said it. He's going to amplify your anger. He's going to amplify the fact that you're easily manipulated by people you love that you should trust. He's going to amplify your hurt, your emotional maturity, emotional security, and your healing. He's going to amplify your inability to hear or see through situations at a different perspective. He's going to make us, you, me, he's going to try, not make, he's going to try to help us to not see the bigger picture, which is the outcome. To not see the outcome of our in immediate instant gratification. So just as an example, as a nutrition expert or professional, the, the instant gratification, he's not going to have you see the bigger picture of what having that chocolate chip cookie is going to do right now. And I'm not saying a chocolate chip cookie is bad, but for me, that's a no-go. I have no breaks when it comes to cookies, chocolate chip cookies specifically. He's going to say, oh, you can have just one, knowing darn well, I know I can't. He's going to have the alcoholic, for example, try to believe, oh, you can have just a taste. It's okay. Knowing darn well you can't. He's going to try to blind you from that bigger picture. And you know, those people or those things or those circumstances, those are going to make or break you. They're going to show your true colors of who you actually serve. So now what? How do I dig my roots in deeper? How do I protect myself from being easily manipulated, from being insecure, from being codependent, all these things, letting my anger rule me, letting my emotions rule me, all of these things. How do I do that? I think it goes back to surrender. I think it goes back to repentance. I think it goes back to figuring out what it is you actually believe. And does that belief line up with what God's word says? I think that it goes back to that if you are a follower of Jesus and you profess to be a follower of Jesus, that your life looks different because you are different. That you know that what comes out of your mouth or what kind of behaviors you have, that those are a reflection of what's in your heart. And what's supposed to be hidden in our heart is scripture. What is supposed to be in our heart is the healing force of the Holy Spirit. We have God housed inside of us. If you are a professed follower of Jesus, there is nothing that can take that away from us. But it's clear over and over and over again that we are to protect what goes in us. Our eyes, our ears, and our mouths. Because for out of the mouth, the heart flows. And we know a person by his or her character because of their behaviors and their actions and all these things that that we can see on the outside. Everything we see on the outside is a reflection of what, what you can see on the inside or what is actually going on on the inside. Let me repeat that. Everything that is external about us 
is a reflection of what's on the inside. Hurt people hurt people, but hurt people have a responsibility to heal those hurts. That is not anybody else's problem. Hurt people hurt people. So we should be, if we are followers of Christ, we should be a a people or a group of people who want to heal those hurts on the inside so we're not hurting anybody else. As believers in Jesus, we should also think about what we are allowing in our ears. I think we forget that we become what we are around, that we, for, that we forget that we are who we are around and what we're around, what we allow ourselves to be exposed to, what you're listening to. That's why every single week that you listen to a podcast of mine, you're going to hear me say, I am grateful that I get a chance in your ears because your ears should be protected as much as we protect other areas of our lives. Our eyes, what we see, you can't unsee. It burns imprints in the back of our minds that we are going to remember forever, especially traumas and hurts and pains and things like that. And think about if we are hurt on the inside and hurt people hurt people, then if we're still hurting on the inside, then and we're not taking responsibility to heal our hurts by going to therapy, by getting support and mentorships and, and you know, all the things that we're supposed to be doing. If we're not doing that because oh, th- those are weak people that have to do that or oh, it costs too much or oh, whatever. If we are hurt people who are refusing to take care of our hurts, we are going to continue to hurt other people who then also have issues with their, with their insides and hurt that they're going to have to heal. So something I'm wondering, I don't know about you, but something I'm wondering is if we are able to hurt people, why are we not taking responsibility? Why do we know these things, but we're not taking responsibility to heal what's inside us so every hurt can stop with us? And I get that we can't make a person feel a certain way, but what you can do is trigger a person to feel a certain way. If you hadn't opened your mouth, if you hadn't been disrespectful, if you hadn't been a certain way or said a certain thing or done a certain thing, you wouldn't have triggered those emotions to that person. And let's talk about triggers. Triggers happen. We have this thing, James Clear calls it the, um, the Q, what does he call it? The Q, um, oh, I forget what it's called. Anyway, it's Q reward and, or I'm sorry, Q routine and reward. We're going to have cues to everything. Like that's what we do. Kind of like cue cards. Cue cards tell you what to do or what to say next. And that's what cue. So your cue, if you have cue cards, is your cues are those um, words on that cue card. And the routine is you're going to read those cue cards. And the reward is that you didn't screw up. So let's think about this time when I was um, working out in Indianapolis at a gym nearby. There was a Taco Bell, a KFC, and I think maybe a Burger King um, right outside of the door of my gym. So we are cued by smells, things that we hear, things that we say, things that we see, and things that we touch. Oh, Aren't those the things that we're supposed to be protecting ourselves against? Making sure what we see, what we hear, what we taste, or what goes in us in any way, any sensory is taken care of and protected. So the cue for me was that smell of, oh man, that smells so good. That Taco Bell, like just thinking about the greasy chalupa. I I was a chalupa girl, a chicken chalupa supreme. And I loved just all those textures in my mouth and the flavors in the back of my mouth and my teeth sinking into that. I can still feel it to this day. So my cue was that smell. My reward was those feelings. The routine was to go get it. 
I stopped, obviously, but the way that we stop habits, the way that we can grow in making new habits and changing our habits is changing that routine. So in the, the cue we cannot control at all. We can't control what is around us. As, I mean, as much as we want to, we can't. But the cue we can't necessarily control, but what we can control is our routine around it. Let's say, for example, let's take it from food, but to, to something um, on TV. Maybe it's the news media that's causing you or social media, for example. Your cue is, I'm bored. Okay, cool. Open the phone and start scrolling Instagram or Facebook. The routine is to do that. And then your reward, which should be, okay, I'm, I'm spending some time learning something, what have you, connecting with people is what social media is supposed to do. But instead, that routine is causing you to feel a certain way. That routine of going to Facebook and you're seeing all these crazy people posting whatever, people upsetting you, what have you. Change that routine. Your cue, boredom doesn't change. When you're bored, go for a walk. Pick up a book. Find something to do other than picking up the phone to social media. I've taken social media off my phone except for Instagram. So essentially, I don't have... The only thing I have on my phone that social media is my own personal VIPs app and my Instagram and that's it. So I put boundaries up to protect me. Another thing, if you're a follower of Christ or not yet, um, no matter what it is, we should have boundaries around people. And boundaries help us to understand where we end and another person begins. So that helps us to see immediately like, boom, when someone behaves a certain way, oh, that is a reflection of their heart, not a reflection of me. I know my pl- I know my heart. I know what I'm working on. I know what's going on inside me. So when someone comes at you and disrespects you or does not come at you in a way that is loving and um, approaching as like, hey, let's figure this out together. I don't know. There's a conflict going on and I'm hearing one thing and I don't know. Can I have your side? That kind of thing. If someone's not doing that, then you know their heart. You can't talk to someone who is easily manipulated. And as I say this, I'm I'm feeling like I need to say um, maybe you are, could be part of the reason. Examine our hearts, guys. Examine our hearts. Could we be causing this pain to other people? Is there someone that you maybe need to make amends with and apologize? Like, man, I totally misbehaved in this because this, and there's no excuse. And I just want to apologize. And I am so stinking sorry that I did that. And don't do it again. If you are triggered by something and that person didn't do anything to offend you specifically, but you are in conflict and you're feeling the conflict inside and you're approaching them as if they are the ones that caused you to feel that way, that's not actually the case. Think about it. Triggers, I think that that's another thing too, is that triggers, you hear about trigger in recovery and I'm around a lot of people in recovery just because um, of my life and what I do and, and how I conduct things and just my past. And also my marriage. But recovery is a thing where we discuss our triggers. And I'm wondering if people are using the word trigger wrong. And who trips a trigger? Who allows triggers to be tripped? There are triggers on guns. Who allows those to be tripped? The owner or whoever is in possession of that gun. Who allows triggers to be tripped? And I'm just sitting here thinking of how many times, and I actually have tears in my eyes thinking about this, but how many times I allowed people to manipulate me. But I allowed that that was my fault. And I would blame it on them. I would say you did this and you did that. And that's how this was. And it was never about them. It was about me. My feelings are mine. And the way they behave is all about them. 
And when I would emotionally burst out at people, it was because I was taught to hold things in so long until I did bubble over and everybody got the spill. I went off on everybody and everything that would cause my problems. When really, I could have sat down and worked through those problems and those hurts. Why? Where is the root cause of that? Instead, I chose food and I didn't protect what went in my mouth. I didn't protect what went in my eyes and I saw things I should never have seen and I would be really sad if my children saw them. I didn't protect what went in my ears. I was reading books that were totally inappropriate for a fourth grader. Um, And I have a fourth grader. Well, he's almost fifth grader, but I have a fourth grader. And I would be so frustrated if my fourth grader came across some of the things I read, some of the things I saw, some of the things I heard. And it was not, not because I couldn't have protected myself. I should have known better. And how should I have known better? Because people would have talked about things. People would have taught me better. People, I would have had more mentors in my life. Because let's be real, parents can't do it all. We can't. We can only do one side for the most part. We are truly a community. Like we are raised by our community and who we allow around us. You are the sum of the five people that you let speak into you. And think about that with your relationships too. How many people allow you to speak into their lives? How many people? And think about what that means. Think about what that means, whether it's a lot of people that allow you to or very few people. And I'm not saying that it's a competition or anything, but it says something when people either come to you for advice or they come to you to fix it. There's a big difference. Advice does not say you should It says, have you thought about? What are your thoughts? Telling someone what to do looks like, well, if I were you, I'd do this. It would be not asking questions. It would be telling you step by step what to do. And that's not how we learn. That's easily manipulated, easily stuck in the here and now and not in the bigger picture. And I think the whole point of this being on my heart as of late is that I think we forget the bigger picture. We get so blocked by what we feel in the here and now and we explode because we're not thinking about, we're not thinking about in the future of handling things in the future. We always think, oh, there'll be tomorrow. Oh, I'll start my diet next week. Oh, I'll start lifting next week. I'll do. And everybody forgets the unsexiness that comes with consistency, consistently battling our hurts and fighting those and fighting those properly, consistently digging into God's word and learning more about who he is and your role with him. We, we forget that going to church is not just a weekly thing. We are to be the church, the hands and feet of Christ, that we are to be truly transformed in our minds and in our bodies. And if we truly were transformed, we would not live in the ways of this world. We would live knowing that our home is for an eternal place and that we would know that we are here but 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 a split moment we would take things not for granted but take them as they are not as we would have them and deal with them head on knowing who has tomorrow we would stop worrying and fretting and we would rest in knowing that our consistent behaviors would lead us to where we need to be but here's the problem no one wants consistency everybody wants a pill to fix it all everybody wants a surgery to fix it all everybody wants something to just fix it and i don't know about you But in my experience, nothing is ever fixed or completed until we see that grave. Nothing is ever fixed from a surgery. 
I had pelvic floor reconstruction surgery in July 14th, 2020, and it is May 20th right now of 2021 as of this recording, and I'm still rehabbing. It is not complete. It is not finished. Just because I don't leak and just because I don't have bladder spasm, just because I don't have some of the symptoms doesn't mean that I'm, I'm getting to live my life to the full and I want to be able to not have anything in my way when it comes to these battles. Because someday, sometime, you're going to see the devil too. And that devil is going to have eyes that could be from someone you absolutely adore and love. But you need to be able to see above that because our battle is not with flesh and blood. It is with the darkness and the dark territories and things that are not of this world. And they are not our battles. Because when you see the devil, you need to be able to see that bigger picture. Because you need to be able to see where you're not being consistent or where you need growth. Because remember, when you have to face that devil, when you see him coming or when you see him lashing that that vile tongue and the evil, painful, whatever towards you, the fire, the heat, your face may grow red. You may feel like your heart went in your stomach as if you're in trouble. Use that as your cue that there may be a spot that you need to let go or to work on. Let that know or let that be known that the devil exposes the real people, their issues and who they really are. That when he comes around, he comes to town, that he really is that lion. When there's a spot of weakness, he's going to pounce and you're not going to even know it until you're already maimed. And guess what? Nothing is ever the same. and encourage her by sending her a virtual cup of coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash CIMC.